Hi, I'm Sarah Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand, where we take a closer look at brands through the lens of the consumer and this growing desire for true connection between people and the companies they engage with. You know, sometimes the brands themselves and the products and solutions and services that they offer are about connection. And that is certainly true for the brand I have on today and my guest today. You know, sometimes also we have brands that go from emerging to essential. And my guest today uh, certainly represents a brand in that realm. Julie Legal is the Chief Marketing Officer for Slack. Julie, welcome to On Brand. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I, I got to tell you, I am a true brand advocate here. And I was thinking about um, how Slack has just become such a huge part of our world um, and our everyday life. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about your background and then tell us uh, about Slack as a brand? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, let's see. I've been in marketing pretty much my whole career. I've been in B2B marketing pretty much my whole career. I was an English major in college, and um, my parents were very convinced that I would end up living in their basement. Um, but instead, I, I sort of had this um, instinct through some networking and some conversations I had had that marketing would be a good place for me. I really loved communication and telling stories and I was creative, but I also really loved numbers and math. And it just felt like marketing was sort of this good mix of the creativity and the numbers and the true business impact. So landed at an enterprise software company right out of college in Austin, Texas, got a chance to learn a whole bunch of things, do a bunch of things really fast, work with an incredible group of people, move back to San Francisco, back to the Bay Area. I was a native Californian, uh, joined the dot-com boom, joined the dot-com bust, um, ended up at Salesforce when it was very, very small, about 250 people. And they were a tiny marketing department and had a chance um, to do a bunch of different things there. Left in the middle, got my MBA, but ended up back at Salesforce for about a decade. I ran events, I ran the website, I ran demand gen, I ran campaigns, all sorts of different functions. Um, really great training ground and getting to see it through all sorts of phases of growth. And then um, about a year and a half ago, made the leap over to Slack, um, which uh, I was so in love with Salesforce, never thought I would leave it. <laughs> um, and then um, I, I became aware of the opportunity at Slack and it just seemed like too incredible of an opportunity to pass up and have been on this rocket ship for a year and a half, um, really changing the future of work. I love that. You know, you and I have a lot in common and our backgrounds. I was an English major too, creative writing yeah. major. Employed yeah. English majors. We should, we should start a group. I know, but it's, it is, you started talking about how you love storytelling and I'm like, oh my gosh, just speaking right to my heart here. Cause it's, it is how I think we end up in this, this marketing field. It is much about storytelling. And you also really hit on something else I love is, is this number, you know, data and numbers. And there's a story within that too. So you've been with Slack for about a year and a half now, almost mm -hmm. two, right? But you think about the company and it hasn't even been around for 10 years, nope. right? So you actually have had a pretty good tenure there when you think about the overall um, existence of the company. How would, just to set the foundation, how would you describe Slack as a brand? Uh, as a brand? Well, <laughs> Slack, as you said, is all about communication and connection. So that's very much core to who we are. But I also think we have a personality that is part of the reason that our, our users and our and our you know lovely brand advocates kind of go beyond just using us as a piece of business technology to that true love. And I think a lot of it has to do with Slack is really human. 
as a brand and as a product. And those two have to be connected, right? Your brand and your product can't be disconnected. The experience of working with Slack is a more human way to work. So that's how we are as a brand. And that's sort of one of the ways that a lot of our users uh, talk about us. We're also all about creativity and innovation. You know, this is really a transformative way of being and, and working. And so I think that's really important to who we are as a brand as well. Um, this isn't just sort of a, a minor step change in the way that things people are doing things. This is a really true transformation. And we also try to be really friendly. Like we really try to be a very open um, company. We're really known for one of the best instances of our brand, honestly, is our customer experience team, which is the, the response and the interaction you have. If you have any problems or questions with Slack, it's such a human connected one. Um, it's one that, that the brand has really built a lot of um, great sort of momentum and traction with. And so I think that's really core to who we are. And it's so important to the product as well. Yeah, I think you really see that and you feel that in the experience too. I mean, I know when I think of Slack, I do think of things like connection. I think of collaboration. I think of community immediately, you know, and I, and something else too. So the, the company's been around, I believe, since around 2013. Mm -hmm. And in um, the same time, how we communicate with each other has also really changed. There's been this huge influx of uh, gravitation towards messaging, right? Whether that's texting or things like WhatsApp or Messenger. And I think that that's kind of where we've gone as a culture and a society. And so I know in my work, you know, um, a lot of our brand partners, we really, that's where the growth has come in terms of talking to customers through social, through texting, through messaging, through direct message. Do you think that Slack was onto something and knowing that that was going to happen in like a work environment as well, getting out of that email bog, so to speak? Yes, definitely. I think Slack represents um, a real shift in sort of how people, how people at work especially expect to do things. I mean, if you think about it, emails, 40, 50 years old. I should remember that exactly off the top of my head. Certainly I started using email and college was using it at my very first job. Um, and it really hasn't changed. It really hasn't evolved. But our expectations of how we connect with each other outside of work has completely changed. And I think there's an, ex an expectation now that people want that same sort of seamless and fun and easy way of doing things that they have in their personal lives, they want that at work. And what you're seeing is consumer technology standards are what people are now expecting out of their business technology as well. And Slack as a communications platform really provides that more human, more connected, more natural, more flexible, faster way of working together by bringing everything together in channels, allowing direct messages, um, allowing information to be discoverable, transparency, asynchronous work is easier. These are all things that people want. Um, Slack gives them a single place to do that. And I'll also call out, you know, something that you said is something I very much felt in my prior role, I was not using Slack when I was working at Salesforce. And certainly we had email and we had Google Docs and Quip and, and all these great ways to communicate with each other. But we also had people who were G-chatting me or texting me because we were also friends and we knew each other. And if I needed to remember where something had happened, I would have to go through every single one of those things, um, including Salesforce's own app and figure out where was that piece of information I was looking for. There was no single place that all those things are coming together. And that's really where Slack brings it together. It's got the communication. It's got the ability to link to everything that you need. And it's all in one place. So you don't have to sort of struggle from all these disparate sources anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pain point that we can all really relate with too. I mean, I know how many times in the past you're kind of looking for something or where did that conversation take place? And it is all aggregated in one uh, spot. Also, you know, to your point, there is a personalization that happens within Slack too. You can get a, a personality between teams. There's an accessibility there, which I want to come back to, but you know, something else that really strikes me every once in a while, you've got a company that becomes a verb in its own right. And it doesn't happen often, but it certainly is the case here with Slack. Why do you think that is? Uh, wow. Um, well, it certainly was not something that we set out to do. In fact, we don't actually use it as a verb ourselves, but I think it speaks to how indispensable we are to our really sort of passionate user base's life. And, and that's, that's such a great thing. I mean, as a marketer, you really don't want anything more than to get to work on a product that people truly love, that is essential, that is part of their lives. Um, and I think Slack has that. It has the love. It has that indispensability. And because of that, yes, I mean, even my husband, despite having sort of the top Slack brand advocate in his house, uses Slack as a verb. Oh, this person Slack that to me. I've got to get back to them later. And it's just it's the fundamental way that he works at his company. Yeah, I mean, I think that that really says something. And again, it's not something that happens very often or people use the brand name as a, a function. They replace it. Like if you think about, you know, tissue and Kleenex, right? So it, it kind of is like that. And so it's really, I find it, I think it's really exciting to see a brand come in pretty quickly and own that space. And it made me think about um, something, there was a nice write-up when you joined the company. And one of the things in the piece was we're inventing a new category, something which customers often tell us they never knew they wanted, but once they have it, they cannot live without. I love that, that just sings to my soul. I mean, how much do you think the voice of the customer influences or inspires any of your initiatives? It, it matters so much. Um, and, and candidly, when you are building a new category, you need that customer voice more than anything. Because it's not like we're coming in here and saying, this is something you did before and we're changing it 5%, so we're going to describe that 5% difference. Like this is a completely different way of working. And so we have the ways that we describe it, but understanding how our customers are using it, how they're talking about it, how they describe it to their friends and family is hugely important to us, um, not just because they're our customers and we love them, but because they're in a way helping us build this brand together. Um, and their voice is essential. You know, their success is our success, but their their voice is really how we talk about our brand. So we we absolutely incorporate it. You know, we, we have a huge research team, which is fantastic. We incorporate that research into a lot of what we do, qualitative and quantitative, and understanding how people are talking about it is, is a big part of the conversations that we have internally. Yeah, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about customer experience and, and how that kind of all fits in with marketing. I think, you know, maybe you and I can both really speak to this um, as well, because I, I started with more traditional marketing um, and then social was sort of given to marketing when it was first born. And now it's certainly an area where every stage of the customer journey takes place, right? It's how you find out about something, how you become the customer, get support, and then um, hopefully vocalize your advocacy for that brand. Um, what do you think is critical in terms of designing uh, something that would be considered a best-in-class customer experience? What are some of the factors to keep in mind? Oh, wow. Um, that's a tall order, and I think the, the holy grail that we're all chasing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the key is to, to keep it focused that both words are important. Customer, you always have to have your customer in mind. But it is an experience and it can't sit siloed within your organization. Certainly marketing has a huge role to play there. How the brand shows up in the world, how it shows up on our owned properties like website and social. 
but it's also about how it shows up in the product. And it's also about how it shows up when they interact with any single person um, inside the company, whether they're calling for help or dealing with an AE or anything like that. You know, a brand is a sum of, of a million touch points and, and all of those touch points are part of your customer's experience with you. So I think paying attention to how they all thread together and making sure that you don't have a big disconnect outside of maybe just the domain that you you own um, and making sure that you're you're sort of spreading that that consistent experience, the consistent message, the consistent tone and personality through everything that you do. Um, and I think I'm, I'm lucky I joined a company that already very much believed that. Um, so, you know, my charter hasn't been to like disrupt or change that. It's just been, mm -hmm. how can we do that even more? How can we really work that in? Um, and, you know, we have great understanding from uh, across the organization that we all own that experience and that it's really important that we're great hosts to the people who invest their time um, to, to spend it with Slack. Yeah, I think you make a great point too. It's not like every company is not necessarily there yet, but certainly Slack is in terms of a holistic approach to that. Um, you may still be um, divided up as departments right behind the scenes, but do you think the customer views it that way or do they just look at you as, a, as the company, right? I, I think, I like to think they look at us as the company. I mean, mm -hmm. That's you know that the thing you always want to avoid is your your customer experiencing your org chart and mm -hmm. oh well the reason the website looks nothing like the product is because marketing owns one and product owns the other like that's not the experience you want or the AE comes in and talks about the product in a completely different way that does not reconcile with anything else you've heard about it before you know that's that's friction that you don't want your your customer to experience so hopefully they see Slack as sort of a a brand, a, a holistic experience that they they hopefully have positive feelings about. And uh, whether it came from one department or the other doesn't matter to them. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's probably a little bit more built in with uh, brands that are kind of more, um, you know, emerging like a rocket ship in the marketplace right now, like Slack is. So um, versus maybe some brands that have been around for longer and that's more traditional, maybe that, maybe that changes a little bit harder. I mean, I work with a lot of brands that kind of fall into both categories. And so sometimes um, you, you can see that. Um, but I definitely think that that's where things are going. You know, you mentioned um, email and how old that is. I think we forget that sometimes, you know? Um, I have the same conversations when I talk about web-based chat um, and that's been around for 20 plus years and how messaging you mentioned asynchronous too. It got me thinking about community with Slack. I mean, really you have these organizations that are using it there's an accessibility there. Um, how do you think Slack helps to build community for the organizations that are using it for their primary communication tool? I mean, I think I think it's critical, and I think it's it's huge, and I think you know, in this crazy time, it's become even more important. Um, you know, Slack is a great way to get things done. It is a business tool. It's a work tool, but because of the way you use it, because of its flexibility, because it has sort of personality built in already with the ability to react via emojis and other things. There's already a little bit more of the fun built in. And I think companies who are using Slack really well and all in, and, and certainly we drink our own champagne. So we're a company that is using Slack all in, use Slack in a very intentional way that also drives engagement beyond just getting the day-to-day -day of the work done. So, you know, we have channels that are about updating employees on big things. We also have channels that are very social in nature. You know, whether it's like my team has a marketing social channel for birthdays and anniversaries and, you know, fun facts about new people who've joined. We also have channels across the company about dog owners, cat mm -hmm. owners, dad jokes, instant pot recipes, Bravo Real Housewives fans. 
which are lots of ways um, to continue to drive engagement and sort of also create that serendipity of meeting people that you may not meet otherwise. Like I am members of some of those groups and I will drop in and post about my dog or my instant pot recipe or my Bravo celebrity um, fascinations. <laughs> and it's a way for like, me to meet people outside of my department or team who I work with every day. That's another way to sort of foster engagement and create those connections. And I think that using Slack in that way, creating social spaces, ways for people to do AMA, ask me anything sessions in Slack, it's just another way you can foster that, that sense of community and belonging, which I know, you know, from our research, people are feeling and sometimes more productive and more satisfied with the flexibility that they're getting from home, but where everyone is trending negatively is in that engagement. And I do think Slack, because it's fun to use, because it's flexible, if you're intentional about it, it can help sort of bridge a little bit of that gap. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, in the last year, probably as one of, there's a couple of different brands and services, I think that have become more critical than ever. And I feel like Slack is certainly one of them. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about these groups that you're involved in, and I have the same experience with my organization, the dog, the dog uh, parent group being a huge one, of course. But you know, just things like uh, maybe you'll appreciate this too as an English major. You know, there's a group that we just poetry lovers. You know, or we just started an initiative in our company that's all about self care and sharing your self care moments, which I think is more critical in the last year too. With you know, a lot of stress that's gone on and, and feeling a little isolated in that work from home. There are some pros and some cons to it. Do you think Slack has become I mean, more important in this last year? I mean, what what is the impact of uh, this massive unexpected shift to a work from home environment? Um, yes, we've, we've obviously, you know, we, we saw in March, um, as we were trying to figure out what we were doing as a company and how to take care of our own employees. We had customers reaching out. We had a surge of new interest. Um, we had customers who were planning like a six month rollout who were like, we need to do it in two weeks. Um, so we definitely felt that. Um, at the same time, like we aren't exactly the same as some of the tools that were so obvious and immediate to everybody out of the gate. You know, your Zooms and your all your voice video solutions, obviously everyone sort of had this idea of like, take my meetings and make it possible to do them when everybody is at home. Um, and that was the most obvious immediate thing that everybody did. Uh, which is great. I mean, thank God we had that. Can you imagine, you know, my kids were doing Zoom school. I was able to stay connected to my team. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think for people who weren't familiar with Slack, the sort of longer realization is that you really can't just lift and shift and move eight hours a day of meeting culture online and have it uh, feel okay. Um, not just because people's responsibilities has cha had changed as they were homeschooling or dealing with roommates or shared spaces or, or other things, but also just there's a drain. Um, I can't sit and stare at a camera all day and talk to people. And I love looking at a camera and talking to people. Um, I need a chance to take a walk outside, take a break, not look at my screen for five minutes. So Slack providing a way to do some of those meetings and some of that work asynchronously um, has been such a huge boon for us. And that's what we're hearing from our customers as well. And I think that's one of the big shifts. It's sort of like the next wave that we're seeing in remote work is, okay, we figured out how to copy replace. Now, how do we change? How do we transform? And we're seeing all these benefits of asynchronous work. It's more inclusive 
just for time zones and parents and even introverts find that they can participate in a brainstorm in a different way. It's more dynamic for them. It also provides a record instead of, I missed the Zoom, I have no idea what happened. You can actually read through threads, follow along in channels. It creates transparency, um, discoverability. As people get added to a project, they can catch up with what they've missed. So it has all these advantages that we really think are critical to the next sort of new normal, even when we go back to being back in offices again, which we all expect will be hybrid, we expect and hope that this is the way that people will want to work from now on. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it was, you know, obviously it was something we had in place um, and I'm sure most organizations did before this happened, but it, it really helped actually us pivot, um, I believe, as an organization too. And, you know, there's there's so much that Slack can do I sometimes wonder if people don't like, do they realize how much you can actually do on Slack? Are there, is there something that kind of jumps to mind that was like, I didn't know that, that you can do on Slack? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, I, I am the marketer. So I'm like, when we describe Slack, it's a messaging app and you know, half of the company's like, but we're so much more. And of course we are so much more. Yeah. I mean, all the things that you can do with workflow builder to build in actions and connect to other apps. Um, it's, it's, it's really incredible what a lot of our customers are doing and even what we're doing. Um, it's funny, you know, now that we are using our tool to do a lot more things that maybe would have been in person. One of the simple things that we're doing is just Q and a and all hands is done via a workflow in, in Slack. So people can just hit a button in a channel and the questions get routed to the right people. We can follow up and answer them in the appropriate channel or they can be pushed live into, into the actual um, live event that we're hosting on video. So there's just so much we can do with, with integrations and workflows and bots that people are doing. I mean, little procedural things that used to take somebody a lot of time of like everybody has to sign a quarterly certification. You can write a bot to do that. And it's just, it's somebody's time that isn't doing this ridiculously um, repetitive and monotonous task. So there's just really so much you can do with Slack that people probably don't even realize. Yeah, I think I know I can speak personally. I think one of the ways I see it work, uh, working in our organization too is um, it gets us out of that meeting bog. There's two bogs. One is the email bog and the other is the meeting bog. And it's like, do we really need a meeting for everything? Or can this be achieved through a channel or a group chat? And it's all right there and you can kind of come back to it. And so I think it's a time saver in a lot of ways as well. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's funny, like, you know, I think when we first started at home, even at Slack, we were in meetings all day, every day. It was like, okay, we have to pivot and, and get all of our customers, everything they need to be successful with this remote world, go. And so we were in all these meetings all day. It was like, wait a minute, our own product means we don't need to be in these meetings all day. So I think it's just very natural. Like that's the way work has always worked. And especially when you're in the office, it's great. You gather in a room, you draw energy from that. But the asynchronous work has really made us all, I think, mentally healthier. Um, and it's also just easier for people to, again, get caught up, understand what's going on. They don't always have to be available at the exact same time. Um, it's been huge for us. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, we're experiencing that as well. Uh, you know, another another layer I want to get to, and I think Slack really uh, certainly has a presence in, is this growth um, in purpose-led or, or purpose intent um, behind brands. So purpose either on level with or above at sometimes um, profit. Um, it's becoming increasingly important um, for consumers as they make their decisions for what products that they want to use or systems or you know um, organizations that they support. Can you talk a little bit about where Slack fits in this realm, um, maybe particularly the Slack for Good program as well? 
Yes. Well, I, I feel so fortunate to, to work at a company that has values, that is mission led and, and has that at its very core. And I'm actually very lucky. You know, I did that for over a decade at Salesforce. And then here, I don't think I could go to a company that didn't have some sort of mission, higher purpose beyond just profit and growth, which are great, of course. Um, so Slack for Good is, is extremely um important to us as a company. And there's a few different aspects to it. Um, we are part of the 111 model, you know, the 1% and volunteering, and that is great. That's something that I'm very passionate about. My team did a volunteer activity the last time we were all together in person back in 2019 um, as a key part of our offsite. So I love all of that stuff. Um, I think it attracts a, a group of people that share a similar set of sort of values and purpose to the world and understand getting outside of themselves. We of course have a great nonprofit program um, with the ability to use free product and a lot of nonprofits are, which is fantastic. But I think one of the most unique um, aspects of our Slack for Good program is our next chapter program, which is a program about job training and even job placement for formerly or currently and formerly incarcerated uh, individuals. And it's it's just such an amazing cause. You know, I think Slack was very ahead of the curve and in, in understanding that there's so much wrong with the justice system and that there's a lot of people who are left sort of broken and suffering from that. And so, you know, the idea that we have employees who go into San, San Quentin and, and train people on how to use software and prepare them for good jobs when they get out. Mm -hmm. um, and Slack has actually been able to hire out of that program, uh, which is, which is so great. And, you know, hire in as sort of an apprentice and then they either get the job or they don't sort of based on their own abilities and and they often do which is fantastic um i think it's just such a, a worthy cause and i think it's also it's sort of twofold i think it's great that slack does it i think it's also great that slack shines a spotlight on it because it's maybe an issue that was a little bit below the surface um i do think some of the um activism and 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 issues that have come up in the last year have maybe raised the visibility of that as a real area of focus that we need need as a society um one fun anecdote uh, about the next chapter program or i i just love is when we got sent home um when everybody in america and the world got sent home um you know we were all going through the same range of emotions that everybody else was but you know one of them was like how can i do this how can i stay sane like this is insane i can't leave my house for how long i don't know um one of our next chapter um graduates who's an employee at the company did a post in one of our, our large groups and then it actually ended up getting posted to everybody because it was so great he was like hey you may be stuck at home let me tell you how i did this while i was in prison how i maintained my sanity and my mental health and like turned it into a productive thing for myself and gave advice like create a routine carve out space for exercise you know just sort of things that actually did become very important for us. Um, and it was such an incredible perspective, but it really helped. And I love that it came out of that program. Wow, that's an amazing story. Yeah, no, not one you would necessarily expect. I mean, um, thank you for sharing that. And also, you also mentioned something I think um, is really important. You said, I can't imagine working for a company that it doesn't have purpose at their core. You've had a pretty impressive career. Can you speak a little bit about any mentors um, who've influenced your career path? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I always laugh. I always think my career path feels like such a zigzag um, of things that have happened, although I know that's not the case. Um, I have so many. You know, my my father, uh, just growing up, had a very successful career, very different career from mine, but it's definitely somebody I still go to for advice. My mother as well. Um, 
I will say at Salesforce, I was very lucky. There were, I was hired by an incredibly strong woman. Her name was Elizabeth Pinkham. She was my boss on and off for over a decade. Um, and I learned so much from her about how to operate, how to do well. Uh, we had CMO, Lynn Voidovich was an incredible leader and somebody I learned a lot from, somebody who encouraged me a lot. Um, and overall, you know, I've never had like one person where I'm like, that is my mentor, but I feel like I've had a range of people in my life who've had influence in different ways. Um, and you know, this is cheesy, um, but another one is actually my own husband. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. The first is I was very smart when I chose my, my life partner and that, um, I chose somebody who really wanted a, a, a peer and somebody who was also working. Like that was actually important to him. That was a plus in his book. Um, and he really views our careers as sort of a joint venture where it's like, if one of us has something going on, the other one sort of helps cover and sort of vice versa. And he's been um, huge at pushing me. He's also been great because, and I think this is very important for women, he's a man. Um, and not saying that, you know, marry who you want. Um, but he sometimes gives me a perspective that I think is really helpful. And he will call me out and he said, you're thinking about this, you know, like, like a woman, a man wouldn't think that way. A man wouldn't think he can't do this or sh he shouldn't ask for this. And he's really pushed me um, to, to be more assertive about what I want and to go after bigger goals. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a great point. And also kind of leads me to my next question too, is, you know, as a female in technology, just, you know, obviously a space that historically was very male dominated, we're seeing a shift, of course. Um, what advice would you have for, for women who are entering the technology field right now? I, I'm so happy about the shifts that we're seeing. And, you know, I've had a a blessed career and work with wonderful people, but I've also seen how much the culture has changed and it's, it's so positive. And if you could go back and tell, you know, 21 year old me starting out how far we would have come in terms of addressing these issues, recognizing things um, that used to just be accepted are really huge problems. That's such a great thing. So, you know, my hope for the, the next generation coming up and I have young daughters, so they'll be the, the generation after that is you know that they'll be fearless and that they won't accept the things that maybe people in my generation accepted when we were first coming up. But I also would say like they need to continue pushing forward because I think um, becoming comfortable and, and just saying like, oh, everything's fixed now and we're fine um, isn't going to isn't going to lead to the kind of progress that we still need to have. So I think, you know, making sure that we're still focusing on that and also hope making sure we're holding the door for other people. You know, I'm a woman and that is one thing in technology, but there's people of color, there's people from different backgrounds who are also struggling, have also struggled to get sort of a seat at the table. So I think we need to make sure, you know, especially as we get the success and, and have the, the easier journey of some roads being paved a little bit more for us, that we're making sure that we're keeping that door open for other people as well. I think that's such a great point. And it's such a pay it forward kind of sentiment as well. And I really relate to also I don't, I don't have children, but I do have three nieces um, who are 13, 17 and 19. And I just think about, you know, what, you know, my oldest one is a freshman in college. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if I could get a time machine and talk to the freshman me in college, you know, what a difference. But like keeping kind of eyes on the prize because we've made progress, but there's more to be done. Um, on that note, kind of to wrap things up, looking forward, we're in a new year. Uh, we're not out of the woods in some areas yet, but there's there's changes coming. What are you most excited about for in the coming year from um, a perspective from Slack and maybe just in general um, in terms of the industry? 
Yeah. Well, for Slack, I think it's such an exciting time. You know, we've we've obviously had some some great momentum going on with with the shift to remote work, but I think that we have a chance to really define the conversation of what the future of work looks like in sort of the new normal, which I think is going to look different from from what came before. And I think everyone is ready for something new. Um, you know, I think from a product perspective, now that you can use Slack outside your company as well, it really has the opportunity to change the way all of our work happens, where you don't have to shift from, I'm working in this incredibly dynamic and, and fast and agile way internally, and then I have to shift over to the old way of working when I work with my trusted partners or my customers. So I think that's going to be huge. Um, and then I, I'm excited for some semblance of normal in the world as well. You know, I don't ever expect to go back to an office five days a week, but I am excited to have um, reasons to go into the office, to have the opportunity to be back with my community in some shape or form, to have the ability to go out and be with customers again in some shape or form, which I hope will happen by the end of 2021. Um, my parents got vaccinated, which I'm super excited about. So I'm hoping that we will see some positive momentum and the ability to go out in the world a little bit more. I love that. I'm so glad to hear that. That's great news. And I, you know, I love how Slack has been there before, during and after, though, really as a completely innovative way um, in terms of how we we connect. So thank goodness that we have that, too. But I'm with you. I can't wait to have an in-person meeting. It makes me appreciate a conference room right now. So, sure yeah, well, I, Julie, so appreciate your time. I know you are beyond busy, but your insights are so valuable. And you know what? Maybe one of those meetings in person will be the two of us, either in Portland or in San Francisco. Um, I will certainly look forward to that. So thank you again uh, for sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. 